This is Joanna DeCellis, editor of Club and Resort Chef. In this episode of Club and Resort Talks, we're chatting with Joe Longo, executive chef of Frenchman's Reserve Country Club in Palm Beach Gardens, Florida. After more than 16 years as executive chef of Broken Sound Club in Boca Raton, Chef Longo was ready to take on a new challenge. Little did he know the typical challenges associated with a new job would be vastly compounded by the COVID-19 pandemic. In the face of countless obstacles, Chef Longo stayed true to his style, leading by example, focusing on food, and transforming the culture of the kitchen. Thanks for joining us today, Chef. How are you? Great. Thank you for having me, Joanna. Absolutely. So you are new to Frenchman's Reserve. What, what brought you here? I wanted to move the family up to the Jupiter area, and we've been discussing leaving uh, Broward County for some time, and it kind of just fell into my lap from uh, an ex-co-worker, became the clubhouse manager here, and it just kind of was a perfect fit for me. What was your first impression of Frenchman's Reserve? You had been at your last club for quite some time, so with fresh eyes on a new operation, what was your first impression? Well, when I walked in, as I drove up, I could hear the birds chirping, which was just a great sign of just maybe a more peaceful kind of different environment. And I just remember how beautiful the landscaping was and how majestic the clubhouse looked from the parking lot. I just loved the whole vibe of the place. What about the food and beverage operation? Can you give us kind of a, the lay of the land? Sure. I came at a perfect time. They're in their second year with a brand new $8 million restaurant, which the members love. It's a full service restaurant. So it's almost like having my own restaurant. And the fortunate part and kind of unfortunate at the same time is that there's no buffets or real social events right now. So we can really kind of focus on the restaurant and bring that really where they want it to be. Since you're coming in, what was, what did you walk into? Was there, is there things you changed about the kitchen? Was there staffing issues? What was kind of your, your first few days on the job like? I came from a club with 2,500 members to one with 500 members. So I kind of had to get my own personal sort of barometer fixed as far as different kinds of uh, pressures and different types of environment that I was dealing with. So I wanted to just really change the culture here. They've had a bunch of chefs over the years, and I think the team just was in need of a chef that was going to be solid and, and really be uh, focused on making it great and just really being a person that they could kind of count on that's going to be here every day. And now, starting in the middle of a pandemic, what, what was that like? Very challenging. I really got a different perspective. I've always thought that, you know, in the club business especially, if you kind of just do a great job and you put out good food, you shouldn't have any worries. Well, now I really appreciate having people to cook for, and I'll never look at it the same way again. Um, I had to come up to speed with all the, the health codes and various sanitation issues and a whole huge to-go program, writing menus that really kind of translated into the to-go experience without it being quote-unquote to-go food. So that was a challenge coming up with menus that were built for speed, yet had all the accolades that they were looking for in a high-end restaurant. And just kind of getting the whole delivery system together. We have an online ordering system that we developed. Uh, I think we're just making a lot of headway. And, and now it's great because the restaurant 
although only 25% capacity, we're getting that vibe back that we missed is having people in the restaurant and uh, serving them live, so to speak. What has reopening looked like? You, you mentioned that 25% is capacity. So what's kind of the, the next phase? How does that roll out? I think that the membership is coming out slowly. Um, I know there's still a lot of concern uh, as far as health issues and just kind of not rushing it. So I really like the trajectory that the members are showing. They really care about the staff. They don't want to get anybody sick, whether it's staff or vice versa for the members. So I think everybody is trading carefully. We're not taking any events right now. We had to unfortunately turn down some weddings and some other things that we just didn't feel were going to be handled properly. I just like the way the members coming back slowly. We have the social distancing, we have the paper menus, disposable various items on the table. Um, it's just, it's working out perfectly. I can't wait till we can all come back, but I think the way that the membership is handling it has very, been very impressive to me. What about from a back of house standpoint? What have been some of the biggest challenges you've had to iron out? I think the biggest challenges were maybe just developing a new culture, becoming uh, proud again of what we're doing here, a commitment to excellence, raising the bar, so to speak, on the food and service. I think it just needed a fresh pair of eyes to come in here and kind of just spearhead everything. I mean, I changed three menus in three weeks, so I really went for it. And the staff has been incredible. Everyone's learning the menus, the, the, the chefs have all been very adaptable to the new food. They've been very welcoming to it. I think everybody just wanted this and it was like a perfect storm of uh, everybody just wanting to kind of rise up and, and face the challenges together. I've been doing daily videos, which have been a huge hit. Um, daily special videos where I go on and I explain the specials and I demo them. And that has just been incredibly beneficial to everybody. I get to meet people via the internet, but at least people get to see me, they get to hear me, they get to see my passion, they get to see the food, and it's increased sales dramatically. The specials just fly off the, off the shelf, so to speak, and it's just been a wonderful uh, tool for us. We're doing cooking classes via the internet. We're doing special Father's Day uh, ideas, and I think we're just trying to embrace some of this technology just to make people feel like we're here, we want to serve you, and we'll do whatever we can do to kind of make you feel that way. Had you ever done like demos on a video or these Zoom meetings? Have you ever done that before? It's funny because not at this state. It's, it was while I was in transition between jobs, I just had to cook for people. So I started doing stuff on Facebook and Instagram and it became a huge hit. I was doing two demos a week. I was doing up to two demos a week. And it was like people from all over the world were contacting me and, and thanking me. And it was really gratifying. You know, I brought people to the table together, uh, kids and parents that like watching it together who hadn't, you know, shared a meal in sometimes it was like the kids were eating in their room and, and, and the parents were downstairs and all of a sudden they wanted to see what Chef Joe was up to and they made the food together, which is a great thing. I think that uh, it opens up, especially the children's palate when they get to actually prepare the food. It really 
brings them along in a different light and, and, and appreciation of maybe what moms, mom and dad are, are, are doing every day in the kitchen. And it actually really helps solidify my family as well. You know, we're all going through that, that boredom at home and we don't know what's going on. And, and so it was really nice. I had my son as my sous chef. I had my wife as the videographer. My daughters were helping me prep in the day. It was just awesome. That was really my only sort of experience with that. But I think what prepared me for it was all the various chef's tables I did where we just had intimate, you know, 12 top right in the kitchen where I had to do a lot of explanation. I've done over a hundred cooking classes. Um, so I think I was sort of prepared, although I did get the uh, deer in the headlights a little bit with the camera in my face and now I'm just embracing it. Do you think you'll continue with this kind of video communication? Absolutely. There's no way I'm stopping this. There's no way. It's, it's, brings business in in so many different ways one there's a pride factor i think with the membership and the staff that their chef is is on there and he's doing these things and i've heard it many times especially now under the circumstances where you know someone was going to defrost some some steaks and all of a sudden they saw the video and that made them want to order and you know can you can you do the videos earlier so i can make my plans and it's just really incredible i think that a lot of people are really going to be persuaded by these videos. You know, maybe they were kind of in, indecisive about coming in or ordering to go and they see this dish or they see the individual there with excitement and passion and it just makes them want to order the food. And it's been an incredible, I mean, we'll sell like 40 specials a night. We, we might be doing 120 covers. Wow. So we're still doing very good. I mean, we had a few nights where we did 170. And which is really, really great for us, you know, with 500 members. It's, and, and it's sort of off season right now. So I think it's a, a tool that we have to keep going and uh, they can count on us for great food no matter what. One of the things you mentioned earlier is that you're trying to establish a more consistent culture within the team. How are you doing that? I think just by walking the walk, so to speak. It's, it really can't just be words. You know, I think my passion comes through, whether um, we're going over the menus and cooking together or whether we're actually cleaning together. It really kind of goes down to the nitty gritty of the job, in my opinion. It's, it's being able to prep side by side with everybody. You're not just in the office. I'm out there with them. I'm expediting every night. I'm having meetings every night. Um, we're, we're doing... Uh, all our walkthroughs together. We're going down the menus as a team, making sure that we have everything. I just see that they see somebody who's really into it. Um, you know, this, this is my whole life. And I, I want a place that attracts the same type of people. So if you love to cook and you love this business, this is the perfect place for you. Um, but it's gonna take some commitment. It's gonna take some focus. It's gonna take a, a hit the ground kind of running mentality. And I think I just bring that as the individual and I don't think there's any other way. I think it just kind of comes from the way the, the chef and the management really just does their own job. And uh, I think that just kind of follows suit. I think they just want to see somebody who's working hard, just like them, who comes early, stays late, all those attributes that you want from your, your line or your, your kitchen staff, you have to be that example, really personified, or I think it just goes on deaf ears. And consistency, you know, every day, 
we have to just keep on kind of drilling this into our mind that we want to be the best. You know, I want to be better than all the local restaurants. I want to, I want to be as good as every great club around this area. I want to, you know, attract the best staff and, and I want to have the, the, the best quality of life as well. I'm very adamant about establishing a great quality of life for everybody. Um, you know, I don't want, it's not all about just working 16 hour days. I'm, I'm, I want you to have family time. I want you to have time to, to, to be with your loved ones. I want you to have time to be, you know, to have time for yourself. And I think if we understand what it takes to be great, we're going to make time for all those things. I think we're making tons of headway. I mean, I've only been here a month and I can't tell you how different it is just from having uh, people buy into my leadership. I always felt that you can't really talk the talk unless you walk the walk. So I'm sweeping floors. I help the dishwashers. Um, there's nothing I won't do in the kitchen. I think it's all important. Every single thing is of equal importance to me. And uh, I think that's just kind of the mentality that everybody sees and, and they're buying in. So I'm very grateful so far. Who are some of your own mentors? I, I had some incredible chefs through the years. I mean, I started as a 16 year old kid. I have no formal training. I didn't go to culinary school. I think the old saying that the kitchen chooses you, you don't choose the kitchen, I think was true for me. I, I just got into the kitchen for a job, just like a lot of us. And all of a sudden this light bulb went off and I just had that passion right away. I want to serve people. I just love serving being of service and I remember my first chef said those words be of service and it took me many years to kind of figure out what he meant but I had this great chef right from Italy and he was known for not wanting to teach anybody anything and all of a sudden he saw this young kid with that gleam in his eye and he literally just kind of opened up his whole repertoire to me his name was Alex Boletti and uh, he was from Trieste, Italy, and he basically just taught me every single thing about really great Italian food. So I have an Italian background. I always was in love with cooking and, and helping at home and good food. I think I always had a palate, even as a kid. I never wanted to order off the kids' menu, make my dad crazy, but I always had to have the, the entree and, and this and that. So I can still remember when I had my first table side Caesar salad, and it still blows me away to this day. Um, and, and so this, he was one of my mentors and then there's been so many over the years. Um, I was lucky enough before my last club, uh, job I had for 17 years, I was actually with a restaurant company for 11 years. So, and, uh, so I've had a lot of great chefs over the years, but I think what it takes is you have to want to learn. Um, I've learned from everybody, from dishwashers, from prep cooks, from line cooks, from managers. I mean, there's so many. There's too many. I just think that some of the steps that I took were I knew where to put my cutting board, so to speak. I would look for the guy with the most talent, the most knowledge, and put my cutting board right next to them and just write everything down, ask them a ton of questions. You know, sometimes it's not the chef. Sometimes it's just the prep cook who teaches you everything. And uh, I, most of the time, it's really like that. You know, the chef is kind of like the inspiration for where you want to be. And you, you embrace his culture. But it's the guys in the kitchen, the, the men and women of the kitchen, who really are kind of do the nuts and bolts work that really inspired me. You know, I wanted to work fast. I wanted to work clean. 
I wanted to learn all the soups. So for three months, I put my cutting board next to the soup guy and just picked his brain on anything. I wanted to learn how to butcher. So I put my cutting board next to the butcher in, in the next three months. And I still say this to people to this day, put your cutting board next to different people. Don't get stuck in one spot in the kitchen. Move yourself around where you're learning from these people that really have a lot, of, lot to give. And uh, sometimes they're not articulate enough to, or they don't have the, 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 the expressive ways to teach you, but you can just watch what they do and you can learn so, so much. How do you pay that forward? I hold nothing back. Everything I know is open information. Um, there's no hidden recipes. There's no hidden agenda. There's no, I, I can't give you this one. I've, I've had that many times where I'll ask someone for a recipe. I can't give it to you. I'm sorry. Well, I'm different. I, I want to give you everything I have. I want to impart this knowledge into the next generation. I mean, why not? I want to be a mentor. I really do. I, uh, I want to, I want you to, to put your cutting board next to mine. You know, that's, that's the way I feel now. I, I want to teach you everything. I mean, I got to, in 17 years at one club, what I'm most thankful for is that I was allowed to make every mistake in the book, Joanna, every mistake. And I guess they saw something in me that, that they knew that I was going to learn from a mistake. So I can teach you what to do and what not to do. So I really, I think with that kind of span of time, you really get a different understanding of, of the ripple effect. You know, I'm trying to kind of broaden their perspective about service, about being right is not the end all. You know, it's not, it's not appropriate to give someone the business at 6.30 when we're serving, when, uh, you know, we can just kind of talk after the shift and, and just make corrections on things. I just, there's, it's behavioral. It's, it's, we, we're, we're all one team. I kind of took that front of the house and back of the house mentality away many years ago, and we're just one team serving each other. So it goes with teaching the front of the house. I'm very much into the service part. Um, I want them to be able to diffuse anything at the table, to be accommodating. So it's not just the cooking. I'm really trying to teach my philosophy about really being accommodating and just being of service to the membership. You know, that's really why we're here. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us today, Chef. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you so much. For more podcasts, check out our site, clubandresortchef.com.